0: Chapter Four of Ten Common Trees. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kimberly Sawson. Ten Common Trees by Susan Stokes. Chapter Four The Horse Chestnut. Under the greenwood tree, who loves to lie with me and tune his merry note unto the sweet bird's throat the horse chestnut is not an american tree shall i tell you how it comes to be here long ago you know america belonged to the indians they built their wigwams wore war paint and feathers and wandered wherever they liked there were native plants and animals as well as native indians and they too spread everywhere over hill and vale the beaver built in many brooks, and the wild grass perfumed the air. But when the Englishman and the Frenchmen came over, they brought with them grains and fruits and domestic animals. So the Indian pink and the wild flower were ploughed under, that the white man might have a wheat field. The murmuring pines and the hemlocks made way for apple and vine, and the tame duck swam in the wild duck's pools. Now, only those trees are native, which were growing here before the white men came. All the others are introduced. The horse chestnut is one of these. It is thought it came to Europe from Asia. There, its nuts had been used as food for horses, as they still are in Turkey. On this account, and because they look like the sweet brown chestnuts, they are called horse chestnuts. In southern Europe, they are fed to sheep, cattle, and poultry while in Ireland they are used in the bleaching of linen. So you see, the horse chestnut may be a very useful tree, although in America it is more often planted simply as an ornament. The horse chestnut, like all the trees we have so far studied, drops its leaves in the fall and spends the winter in its trunk. When the cold wind howls outside and says, ho, ho, are you there? Let me in. The tree says, no, no, don't you dare you can't come in and he can't for how could he make his way through the rough dark bark the gateways are through the winter buds but the tree thought of that when he made the buds he said to himself i'll get all my leaves ready to come out at once in the springtime figure one but how shall i keep them from taking cold during the winter so he thought and thought and then he wrapped them all together in a thick coat of cotton and over the outside put oh so many scales the inner ones were green and the outer ones brown and shiny said the tree to himself i'll coat them with resin so neither the snow nor the rain can get in and he coated them over with shiny brown and laughed to think how cosy they'd be then he dropped the leaflets one by one and last of all the stem to which they had clung on the brown branch where they fell were deep scars shaped like a horseshoe and with a row of dots around the edge like the nails of the shoe figure two he went to sleep now as snug as a bug in a rug and waked only when the wind shook his head and threatened to tear him to pieces when spring drew near the warm south wind came softly and whispered in his ear wake up wake up the robins are here so the horse chestnut loosened his buds figure three and spread them out more and more till only the last green cotton cover-lid was left then he cracked that and what do you think he pushed through the crack a cluster of tiny woolly hands just as woolly as they could be softer than a baby's be it three days old did he call them hands oh no he said these are my leaves i made them last summer after my flowers fell but they had five or seven fingers they were flat and were folded over and plaited together like a fan when they spread out you found that they were broader near the tip than at the base figure four and were very woolly underneath they came out very quickly all at once and turned the tree quite green in a single day when these grew larger he didn't make even another one but began at once to make ready for the next winter making a new winter bud it must be that is the reason it's so large "'growing all summer long. "'There was something else in the bud, "'just in the centre, "'a great number of tiny green balls. "'They grew and grew, "'and at last we knew they must be flower buds, "'but they were so long coming out. "'They were not ready till June, "'the month when every clod feels a stir of might, "'an instinct within it that reaches and towers, "'and groping blindly above it for light.' climbs to a soul in grass and flowers out they came each separate branch was crowned with a great spire of buds a giant nosegay some people even called it a hyacinth tree because its blossoms were so close and so fragrant page forty one this great cone of flowers is called a thyrsus the end flowers bloom first said the tree And then the side buds push their way out beyond them, and take their turn in the sunlight. Of course both my flowers and leaves must get the sunshine. Have you seen how my leaves peep out between each other, so that none are in the shade? But oh, the flowers! They were gorgeous. Each flower had a bright white party dress of its own. On the outside there was first a little green cup. Just a little spring jacket, you know, to be worn in the springtime inside of this was a dainty white dress dotted with yellow and purple it had five deep scallops on the edge even solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these of course everything that went by saw the beautiful white dresses and wondered what they were for but the tree knew for he had his invitations all ready for a great party he sent out a sweet odor on the breeze and every bee and bumblebee that passed Knew that the tree was saying, Come to see me, come to see me. I have something for you, come to see me. Here I am, over here, the tree with the white flowers. And every one of them that received an invitation went at once. Each flew to a flower and put his tongue straight into a honey pot. Figure five. How did he find it? On each one of those white petals, tiny lines and dots pointed to it. And so the bee found it they are called insect guides do you see those stamens of mine said the tree they have pockets full of gold in their heads when the bees stood upon them it jarred them a little and when they flew away they were just loaded with pollen dust but the bee did not mind he flew straight to another flower for more honey as he lighted there was a little green bud standing out from a circle of stamens which held their heads low figure six it was the head of a pistol and of course the bee bumped right into it on he went after the honey but the pistol was left crowned with the gold dust he carried then i looked closer and found that wherever the pistol held its head high the stamens drooped theirs and when the pistol had been crowned for several days then the stamens lifted up their heads opened their pockets and scattered the dust for some other flower what's this said i some of your flowers have no pistils oh dear no said the tree if i had as many pistils as i have flowers i should be overloaded with burrs in the fall i waited to see what this could mean and until the petals faded and fell figure eight and the tree was full and green a very dark green with the broad leaf faces spread out to the sun when i looked i found that the woolly pistol had been growing larger and larger and was covered over with short prickles later i saw it fall to the ground a prickly burr it was be sure some cattle sniffed it but not one was brave enough to try opening it that's what the prickles are for said the tree and he really thought the ugly hooks were a pretty fine coat to make for his seed as it lay on the ground the hard shell grew dry and then it popped open in three places, three doors, to let out the shiny brown seed with its great eye. It looked so like the yellow-eyed chestnuts that I was tempted to eat it, but I didn't, for I knew it was very bitter. Figure 9. Although the horse chestnut is not a native of America, it has some native cousins, which are called buckeyes. The Ohio buckeye is well known. It has a very disagreeable odor. The leaves are opposite and palmate. There are from five to seven leaflets, which are broadest near the middle, and its burr is prickly. The greenish flowers are not so handsome as those of the horse chestnut. The yellow buckeye, or sweet buckeye, is so-called because it does not have the disagreeable odor common to the others. It grows from 30 to 90 feet high. The leaflets are broadest near the middle, and the long, narrow flowers are yellow, with a deep green cup at the base. The burr is rough, but not prickly. Figures 10, A, B, C, and D. References. Something in a Pastoral Line, Lowell. The Horse Chestnut, Harper's Magazine, Volume 74. Fertilization of Flowers, Miller. End of chapter 4.